while we were um, taking requests and praying tonight, I got another electronic notice, and that was from Jackie Moore, and she just said, keep praying for us, keep praying for God to keep us safe. So, uh, just thankful for the prayers of God's people, um, loving each other, caring for each other, upheld now by the Holy Spirit. We're spending a good bit of time in the Psalms, and as we do so, it is helpful to remind ourselves from time to time that uh, there are um, different ways of understanding the various Psalms, and one way that we understand the Psalms is in three different categories, Um, and the first one is Psalms of Disorientation, Psalms of Disorientation. You may be entangled in a sin. You may be undergoing a great deal of suffering. Those are the two main categories that the scripture refers to in ways that we suffer on this earth. And the Psalms, uh, there are many Psalms of disorientation that, that help you to identify those areas of confusion, what to do with the being entangled in sin and providing rescue. So, Psalms of Disorientation. There are 70 of those. The Lord must think that we are readily disoriented. But then there are also Psalms of Reorientation. They are Psalms of Thanksgiving uh, and, and an opportunity to be glad for God's deliverance, having fallen into sin, having undergone suffering, the, the consequence or the, the outflow of that then is psalms of reorientation. I'm getting my fix on the North Star again. Tonight we're going to be looking at a psalm of, of orientation. And that is a psalm that is really a daily prayer uh, that we would maintain that sense of direction that God has given to us. They are psalms of regular diet. Uh, They are, in a sense, uh, catechism lessons that are put to song. Uh, It is, if you will, Judy Rogers in Hebrew. And we keep going over those psalms of orientation to remind us of what is true. And our singing, listen to this, our singing of the psalms expresses our theology. It also reinforces our theology. And so this evening we will have a psalm that, is, that describes God's great purpose for His people. There's nothing wrong. It's just a reminder. Sing this. Read this. Go over this. Maintain your sense of direction in this psalm. Psalm 67, a psalm of orientation. And what we are going to be oriented to as we look at this psalm is that you are blessed, so be a blessing. You are blessed, so be a blessing. In some way, that is what Gail would say to our children every time they left the house. We must have heard, we, I guess she said it to me too. Whenever you leave, just... Be a blessing. Don't be a burden on other people is sort of the subtext there. Be a blessing. Let's look at Psalm 67. 
God is hereby orienting us. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, You cause these words to be written in our psalm book, our singing book. Lord Jesus, You place these words upon Your own lips as you give praise to God and is your message, the message of your, uh, of your cross work uh, goes out across the world. And we pray that in these moments this evening, we would have, uh, that your spirit would um, impress upon us that these are our words. This is our uh, Judy Rogers um, lesson for the night from the scripture, to remember it. Uh, to, to sing it in our hearts and to be changed increasingly to live in conformity to it. Father, you have blessed us. Let each one of us, as we hear this message tonight and as we exit this place, may each one of us uh, be, have a heightened sense of awareness and confidence of where it is you want us, not only as a church, but as individuals, as families. Um, to be a blessing to others and those around us. In the name of Jesus, amen. You are blessed, so be a blessing. And that includes for all peoples. A blessing for all peoples. Verses 1 through 3 we want to look at first of all, and and that is the the great summary here, the blessed uh, become a blessing. Look with me at verse five or verse one, and you see that we are blessed with the very face of God. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make His face to shine upon us. Uh, this, uh, the idea behind this first verse, is is the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant that structured the way that Israel would think of itself in God's world. The promise that God gave to Abraham was, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. God's blessing to Abraham. Great nation. Unbelievable blessing for Abraham. I will make you into a great people. Your name will be great. We, we continue to use uh, even down to this day. The idea behind this is the Abrahamic covenant. The words that God puts in the psalmist's mouth here are the words of the Aaronic blessing of Deuteronomy, uh, of of, uh, Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. And the first verse of Psalm 67 is really the just the phrases are just in, um, in opposite order there of the middle of the, that blessing. 
may God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face to shine upon you. Um, Another psalm puts it this way to help us to put a sharper point on what does it mean to have God's face upon you. In in Psalm 44, uh, the the psalmist says, um, you gave us, you, you, you helped us defeat our enemies not only by your strong arm, but by the light of your face. God helped Israel defeat its enemies by the light of his face, for you delighted in us. You see this language then, the light of God's face, face, and that includes his delight for his people. Now, what is the, let's think of the opposite for that, of that for just a moment. Maybe you've had a, maybe you've had a disagreement with a brother. Uh, maybe you've had a problem with a brother or sister. And, and when you see that person, you may even turn your face away from them. And, and that is a, a sign of, of anger, a sign of dismissiveness, a sign of separateness. I had a visitor this week in my office. A, a, one, of, one of the many cute little guys in this congregation. He came in, came in with his mother and he sat in one chair and she sat in another chair. And I just, I just said, come on over here. So he came over by, just by my desk there and I cupped my hands right around his face and, and just and just bless you bless you great kid and, and and so our faces are eight inches apart and I'm looking right it's a sign of delight a sign of blessing a sign of, of intimacy and friendship when you have someone's face it's a face of welcome a face of delight and in the language of the uh, ironic blessing, there are three things that come to you. The first, in God's delighting himself in you, there is favor. There is favor. That's his grace. That's his intimacy. And, and you always have his delight. The king now delights. He pulls you in to fellowship. You were once an outcast, but now you are favored. You once had every reason to fear, but now you have no reason to fear. You have the favor of the Father. The second thing you have is, is enemies, are now, enemies are now at peace with God. This is an objective thing. We were at enmity with God. We know that. And so, in and, and, and the cross work that Jesus has done, enemies are made friends. So we are at peace with God, but there is, that's the objective reality, but the subjective reality is that's now our experience. We enjoy peace with God. And the third thing is protection. We have all of God's, all of God's attributes are now directed to care for us and protect us. We are guarded, as we saw this morning, by God's wisdom and by His knowledge. As He cared for us. And so we have His favor. Uh, we have peace with him and we have his protection. And all of that is included in that first verse. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And as he turns his face to us to shine upon us, we have his welcome, his delight in his welcome. Well, verse 2 goes on to describe the second part of the Abrahamic covenant. The second part of the covenant God made with Abraham, as we see in Genesis 12, is that so that you will be a blessing. I will make you a great blessing. I will give you a great name. Um, I will bless you 
so that you will be a blessing. We are blessed, and the words of this text, that God's way may be known. You experience blessing from God so that others may get a glimpse of His beauty and His grace. You receive blessings from God, not just for your own enjoyment, but so that you may share that with others, and others would see something of the glory of God. This is the theme, this is how God, the theme of evangelism, the theme of the interaction of God's people with the world. Jesus describes this in the Beatitudes, and really the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus makes this concrete in the Beatitudes. You are to have humility. You are to pursue righteousness. You are to be a merciful person. You are to live in purity. You are to be a peacemaker. You are to suffer well. And then what the text right after the Beatitudes? You are salt and light. You display this quality, this character that comes from heaven, this otherworldly character. Who else acts like this? For the very reason that you could be salt and light. And Jesus says, don't put your good works under a bushel. Don't put them under a bushel, but let them shine so that others may see the Father and glorify Him in heaven. The Beatitudes, then, are given to you to shape your life in this world so that others may receive the encouragement and the praise and give the praise to God even as you also have been affected. But this is the same thing. This is... This is what God tells us through Paul in Romans chapter 11. The Jews' um, rebellion brought the the gospel to the Gentiles, and then the Gentiles' faith um, uh, may save and may be used to, to stir the envy of the Jews. So the Jews would then be envious. They would see God's blessing on the Gentiles, and they would say, I want some of that! I want that back! And they would come to faith in the Messiah. God changes us with the light of His face. God cups His hands around your face and conveys to you His delight, His favor, His protection, His peace, so that He could use you in the world. He changes you so that He can use you as a signpost to the lost. What, is the, what does the face of God do for us? To equip us and prepare us for this. For one thing, when we have the smile of God, we lose the lethargy that so often can paralyze our souls. The, the, the smile of God, the delight of God, frees you from lethargy, inaction, passivity. The second thing that the face of God gives you is a deliverance from fear. If you have the face and the delight of God, what can people do to you? They're lightweights. And you can say, you can say words of grace and encouragement to them. So it cures you of lethargy. You're willing to work for him. And it cures you from fear. You're willing to risk for him. And so verse 3 goes on to say this, this psalm shapes our desire that all would know 
God. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. This is the, the psalmist shaping our missionary vision so that the, we would see the world, desire the world full of worshipers. Now, some versions tragically miss this point and they trans- translate that phrase, let all the people praise you. Do you see what it says in verse 3? Let all, Authorized version, I think, is one of them. Let all the people praise you. Now, that conjures up the idea of an all-church hymn sing. And that's fine. That's great. I love all-church hymn sings. That's a wonderful thing. But it's missing the point here um, that all the peoples are the nations across the world. Better to think of this in terms of our uh, what, what Steve Doe wrote about in an article in New Horizons, the Orthodox Presbyterian hymn. I don't know what what's the state bird in New Jersey. It's the Oriole. It's the Oriole down in Maryland, and I've got to get caught up here. We live in New Jersey now, and our state bird here is goldfinch. All right, goldfinch. What is the what is the hymn of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church? Some said, my friend Steve said, Doe said, how sweet and awesome is the place. Why is that? Well, it, it, it underscores God's grace in a really great way. Why was I made a guest when so many others would rather starve than come? God's electing grace. Beautiful. But then there's also the missionary impulse. We long to see our churches full. Our praise is ignited by a sense of longing and the expectant hope that some from all nations will come home to enjoy the feast. This is, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. So that you can be a blessing. The emphasis here then, in verses 4 through 7, is the outward impulse of the blessing for the nations. The gospel is for all peoples, verses 4 through 7. The people here come to rejoice in God as judge and shepherd. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge. You are the judge. You judge with perfect equity. You judge the people with equity. And guide the nations as a shepherd, as a caring shepherd who cares for his sheep, who protects his sheep, who, as Isaiah says, even carries his lambs in his arms. You need both a judge and a shepherd. The world needs both a judge and a shepherd, not one without the other. A judge without being a shepherd is a horrible thing. A shepherd without, being, without there being a judge is an unnecessary thing. You need both. Many have been moved by the story of a black man. I believe this was in Texas. The story of a black man and his forgiveness of a white woman who was a former police officer who came into their apartment um, thinking that it was hers, she's on the wrong floor, and she guns down uh, a young black man. Have you seen Have you seen the videos of this uh, of the of the, uh, the clip of uh, of, of his uh, um, victim? What is it called? Victim impact statement. And um, and he's not really describing so much the impact on him. He's saying he's saying I don't want you to go to jail. I want what's best for you. I want you, to, I want you to come. What you really need is to come to faith in Jesus. 
And that, of course, goes viral. Um, and, and it's, it's just, um, it, it's been seen all, all over the country and probably the world. He wanted the merciful shepherd, that aspect of God's character for her. What, what got a lot fewer plays was the, were the, was the, the words of his mother. His, mother, his mother's words were a call for, for justice, that, that she needed to go to jail in order to have time to think about the horrible events, the effects, the consequences of her sin on other people. But even beyond that, the trial itself or the, the investigation itself was marred by corruption. And this was a word from this woman uh, for, for true equity, not just forgiveness as her another son talked about. But she called for equity. So do we offer a salvation that costs God nothing? It loses Forgiveness loses its power if we offer a salvation that costs God nothing. He judges the world with equity. And mercy costs God himself. We need to hear both. Our world needs to hear both of these voices from that courtroom. The call for mercy, the care of a shepherd, and the call for equity, that God is righteous. The world needs both in order for salvation to be weighty and glorious. And then you see verse 3 repeated word for word in verse 5. That will enable, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And it will be a bountiful harvest as God's changed and blessed people are out in the world. There will be a bountiful harvest. A bountiful harvest. We see in verses 6 and 7 words that feel like a real shift in what's what's being talked about. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. Well, what these verses are saying is that God blesses us through the earth's bounty. God blesses us through fertile fields and through orchards and through cattle and through sod farms and vineyards and all the rest of what we see here in South Jersey. And we do thank God for His goodness across the world. He causes His rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He does this because He's a compassionate God. But this psalm is probably not a blend of missionary psalm and harvest psalm. It's probably not a grinding change of gears at verse 6 to then say, oh, and by the way, God, thank you for the harvest. It's probably not that. It's probably saying that God is generous in grace as He is in nature. He is generous in watering and nurturing people as He is in watering and nurturing plants. Think of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55. God gives the rain, God gives the snow in order to water the earth. He gives the rain and the snow in order to bring earth's bounty, to produce earth's bounty. So that, and this is then a picture, and he says, so 
Likewise, so God's word doesn't return empty, but accomplishes all that he intends. The psalmist, I believe, is picking up the same imagery of God pouring out water from heaven in snow and in rain in order to bring about the bounty, except for the last eight weeks in New Jersey, right? But to bring about, bring about an amazing uh, produce. And he's saying, it's about my word being effective. It's about my word being proclaimed and, bearing, and, and, and it doesn't return empty but accomplishes all that God intends. When we make that prayer, before a a message or in some other context, we are actually saying that may God's Word bear enormous fruit. Not may we give this message and whatever God's intent is, maybe nothing... Maybe no one will grow. Maybe nothing will happen. That's not the intent of Isaiah. It is let there be a bountiful, evident flow of blessing through God's Word that people's lives would be changed. May the Spirit of God come down and change people through His Word. It is a picture of spiritual bounty springing up across the earth. When God blesses His people with His face, the angels say, or the, the, the nations say, that's what I want. There's a bountiful harvest. Well, I want to think about this in three ways as we, as we seek to apply this. We pray, as we always do here, we pray for such people as Richard Gardner. We pray that he would be blessed with God's face for a very specific reason. That as he brings the gospel into a Muslim-dense area, that God would produce not just decisions, but disciples. That as he preaches and as he seeks to be used of God in in these extraordinarily challenging areas, that he would not just have decisions. I will follow Jesus. And then he circles around on his next visit, and then they're not, they're gone that God would produce disciples, not just people who make decisions. That is fruit that we're praying for, that God, as Richard Gardner has been blessed with seeing God's face, that God would produce that fruit. That fruit. I read just this week of, a, of an ongoing story in China. In China, there's a, a pastor who is learning, who's learning Imagine God's hands on his face like this. He's learning to, be, to, to, to have courage from God's face. He's learning to, have that, to practice that favor and that protection from God. This is his story. Um, he, writes, he writes in this blog, or it is written about him in this blog, that uh, the, uh, recently when the police came through his town, um, they, they grabbed him and they... they, they they dragged him uh, to the police station and they were working him over and he had an attitude. He was saying, what are you doing? Get off of me. Don't be doing that. He, he was combative in his attitude against the police in China. I can't imagine that ending well. But that's what he did. And he came back and he realized that he needed to repent of that. And so as he was released and on his way back to his home, he is right now praying for the souls 
of those guards who will come next to rip him out of his home, rip him out of his church, and take him back to jail. Now he's praying for their souls so that he would be ready to be able to share words of life and, and of the, to glorify Christ with his next round of captors. That's someone who has seen the face of God and now has a, a, is sharing the blessing with others that he's received. You cannot, you cannot underestimate what is going on in Mumbai, Uganda right now. There has been a colossal public moral failure on the part of one of our missionaries in that town. A man long married and with about, I don't know, eight kids decided he would take a second native wife. Blew up the mission. The people who are remaining there, guys that I went to seminary with, people that I know are absorbing shrapnel from that bomb even today. They need God's light. They need, they, those missionaries there need to see God's face so that they are able to serve in, in a, knowing that God will protect them and give them His favor and give them, give them His peace. So they're able to be a blessing to those people that are, that are just tearing into the mission. The church has handled that situation well. He has been, ex, he has been removed from his office and um, is, is under the care of God's people now. But awful thing. Well, so we pray. We pray for the light of the gospel to, be, to continue in these and other areas. But we also pray for the light of God's grace to shine through us. It is so wonderful to hear of the ministry of CEF. So wonderful to hear of people in our congregation who are in the front lines uh, in our local schools. It is so good to hear of people in our congregation who are involved in outreach studies. It is so good to consider, to remember, to hear, to pray for uh, those who are involved in the Salem County Correction Facility. By the way, we need one more, one more soldier See Bill Wilkie if you're interested in, sh- in having your face um, display the grace of God to the faces there. Um, glad, to, glad to hear of, 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 of interest in an addictions ministry that will be able to minister to people in our society. But don't forget, don't forget to pray for the preaching of the Word. Don't forget to pray for Isaiah's bounty for the preaching of the Word. That as God sends the rain and the snow to water the earth to bring forth bounty, so God's Word would bring forth bounty here. Pray for that. Pray for that. Andrew this morning um, shared a, um, a, an exciting thing of, uh, of the move-ins who are coming into our region uh, they're receiving, they're receiving um, a, a card uh, from us with an invitation to church. Um, 
and, and the, the vision that our brother is sharing with us is what if they saw, instead of a card, what if they saw a face? <laughs> what if they saw a face come to the door and give them a personal welcome and a taste of God's presence and his goodness in the form of a little bag that has maybe some cookies, uh, certainly a, a brochure, an invitation to church, a list of cool places to see in South Jersey, home of the goldfinch, I've just learned tonight. And, and just, just reaching out to people um, to, show, to show the presence of God. Now let's think personally then, just about ourselves, in our own lives, our own families, our own marriages. Do you, are you able, do you see your home life, your marriage, your relationship with your parents, do you see that as a whiff of heaven? Do you see that as an expression to a lost world of something from another world. Something, something of peace. Something of favor. Something of God's protection. When we had, when we had a bunch of kids in the house, um, one of the things that uh, some of our kids would do would be to ha- invite their friends over to dinner. And the kids would come into the house and we'd share, generally, quite a good dinner with them, I suspect, as I recall. Most of them were very good. But, um, but, but sometimes they didn't just enjoy the dinner. Sometimes they came even more for, the, for devotions afterwards than the dinner. To hear God's word talked about. And, and one of our daughters brought a very good friend Several times, and this little girl, young girl, gave her life to Jesus. She's in, in the church now. And it's, it's not flashy. It's just Christians living in the community, following the king, and, and sharing the blessings that we've received with this little individual who is of the nations. So, so where, where will you... Um, Focus your presence in this world with this gift of God's face that you've received. One uh, hymn writer uh, back in the, in the 1800s wrote this, God of mercy, God of grace, show the brightness of thy face. Shine upon us, Savior, shine. Fill thy church with light divine. That's not for our sake. Not just for our sake. That's for the sake of the world too. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the beauty of your word. Thank you for its searching quality. Thank you for your glory, which we see, which strikes us which draws us uh, to worship. Lord, we consider the blessings that we've received just today. It's been an amazing day of blessing. Blessed to hear your word. Blessed to be with your people. 
blessed to share our lives with one another. And we taste much of Jesus. We pray that You would fill this church with the glory of God. And that glory would spill over from our bounds, continue to spill over from our bounds, to trickle into the world around us for Your glory. So we thank You. We thank You. In the name of Jesus. Amen.